0: Everybody wants to work, na-na-na, man Everybody's
1: got to work, oh.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Christmas edition. Ho, 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 ho. Jingle bells and all that for the Life of Brian podcast. Hello, Brian Mannix. Are you got the Christmas spirit? Are you full of it? I'm full of it, all right. I'm (laughs) chock-a-block with it. Um,
0: uh, Yeah, look, you know, I'm... um Getting a little bit excited about
2: Christmas. Going um, you know, to see my brother and, uh, my, and my family, and that'll be great. Yep. And what about you? Uh, yeah, no, I am. I'm excited. We're a little grandchild uh, will uh, see. Uh, we haven't spent a lot of time with him in the last two years, and he turns two in January. So, uh, it'd be nice to um, you know unwrap some presents and have a bit of a, a bit of a go with that, and with uh, our son, of course, and with Sarah and everything. So, no, it'll be good. Well, do you, go. you eat a lot? Because you don't. You don't eat a lot. And come Christmas no. time, everyone goes. Oh bugger it, let's just eat. Do you not change? Um, no, I probably had a little crack
0: on on Christmas Day, but not. Um, I just don't eat excessively. I think that's true, fair to say.
2: Yeah. I, I don't eat a lot as much as I used to. Christmas used to be stuff yourself until I don't do that anymore. I, I kind of graze and have little meals during the day and just enjoy just enjoy it as much as you can. I love mm. the prawns and the we have prawns and and ham and uh, chicken and stuff. So yeah, I do yeah, like good. that. Lovely, like lovely. All yeah. right, we got a, we got a very packed program. We've got to get stuck into it uh, because i have we... got a broken nose and you're not even talking <laughs> about it. <laughs> well, I didn't know whether you wanted to. Um, well, I as well. Well, I put the photos up on Facebook so people can see the me. damage. God. You, well, yes, you're,
0: you know, you're so <laughs> on Sam Newman's boat and it got really rocky and it made me fall over and face smash my face into the stair and it's taken away a little bit of my Christmas cheer.
2: Yeah, well, and you, you're decidedly grumpy about it, let's be honest. Well, I've got a black eye and a broken <laughs> nose.
0: <and laughs> yes, you
2: have. Yes, no, you, you look more like you're coming out of, uh, you know, uh, the training camp with Muhammad Ali than you're going into the training camp with <laughs> yeah. Muhammad Ali. But yeah,
0: but just... I haven't had a lot of luck lately, I'll tell you what. No, anyway, we'll be, Christmas is going to be great.
2: Let's be honest. We'll all be very happy to say goodbye to 2021. We thought we, thought we were happy to say goodbye to 2020, but, jeez, I'm telling you, 2021 was no better.
0: No, no, shit.
2: Hopefully shit. next year will be good. But we got a, 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 we've got we sort of called on a few mates to come and say good day. so uh, shortly you'll hear from Willie Wild, uh, Yvonne Bibra, John Paul Young, Mark Lane from Murkots is going to join us, Angry Anderson's going to join us, Swanee's going to join us, and the star what? of our show, that's massive, the star of our show is Vince Maloney, who, of course, for many years was a member of the Bee Gees. Wow. How about us? We get them all. Yep. We have had a, all there. A, a very good year with uh, with our guests and uh, we uh, we finish with the Big today and a couple of little special little Christmas uh, songs too that uh, I'll throw in. But oh. uh, thanks to Murkots and you'll hear from Mark Lane, uh, the the head of Murkots, uh, he's uh, joined us, joining us later on the show. But thanks very much to Murkots for their support. And don't forget, uh, jump on their website, check out what they've got to offer, murkots.edu.au or give them a buzz, Brian, on... One 576 You know the number. Let's get to uh, let's get to the first batch of our party guests as they roll in through the front door. Here we go. Oh, here we
3: go. Hi, Willie.
2: Hi, Willie. Hey, Willie. Hi,
3: Vonnie. And hi, B, and hi, Mano. Yeah. Not
2: necessarily in that order. The way we're going to do this is just basically it's just going to be open slather chat. So, right, all in brawl. Yeah, Love all in, all in brawl. I'll so. be
4: lucky to get a word in.
3: No, we'll we'll, we'll, no, we'll make on. sure yeah, you right, get a right, word in. Oh no! Great, right, no, I'll much.
0: discipline myself. With- <laughs> <laughs> Which should help. It's
3: all right. I've got my now, elbows remember, up. You, if you're going to do anything to yourself, you make sure you turn your camera off because <laughs> that can get us into, you know, that can get you into trouble, you know. <laughs> Following American politics, right, I don't expect you to know this guy's name, Jeffrey Toobin. He's a uh, MSNBC uh, commentator, you know, Rachel Maddow. Like, he's got his really good, like, really bright guy, everything. And um, he's, he's just done this conference call... Uh, and uh, and left his camera on and started masturbating. And, um, <gasps> oh,
0: yes. Oh.
3: Yes, I remember that. Oh, it was my like my a few normal. months ago now. Yeah, and he sort of went, ah, ah, oh ah. Uh, I oh, uh, didn't realise the camera. Was, was Who does that? Nobody, nobody answer, Eve. <laughs>
1: okay.
3: <laughs> Joe Biden yeah, probably would. I'm wearing pants, Eve, <laughs> all right? All right,
4: I'm just checking because I can't tell what's below the...
3: Don't use that in the show. Let's start now. So
2: you're back gigging. Have you done that gig uh, at Memo Hall with Joe yet? On Thursday the 9th of December,
3: Joe Camilleri with Wilbur Wilde and the troublemakers performed two shows at the memo what a great venue Raise memo the room. music hall MIMO music hall.com.au there's some great stuff down there the Olsen Kilda rsl steeped in tradition oh, just no. rich in history we did shows they were well subscribed we raised a shitload for motor neuron disease victoria via oh. peak Chambo chambers sort of one of their one of the faces of mnd victoria and it uh, just went off like a frog in a sock. People are so happy to be out just looking at gigs, just doing gigs and, 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 and being part of that live vibe, the energy that came back at us on stage from the audience was
0: uh, exquisite.
2: Good stuff. Uh, good. Yes,
3: that's you. great. I saw photos. It
4: looked amazing.
0: Yeah, you're getting about 25% more from the audience now that we're back. They're sort of yeah. so excited to have us back, which is great.
3: Well, you don't know what you've lost till it's gone, Joni Mitchell. That's mm. right. Yeah. She's so new. Or That's a, all her fault. <laughs> no, it's no. gone.
4: Mm. It's true, Wilbur. It's true. Now,
3: how about the how about the twosies, Evie?
4: Well, we're playing a lot. We're playing. We were, we did a gig with Brian the other night or the other day at mm-hmm. Rochford Winery. Remember? Yes, did I do. A lot of fun. Yes, I do.
0: Correct. We were supposed, we were supposed to work together on Saturday.
4: I know, but circumstances beyond our control, we had yeah. to change. Yeah. So now, and then you did a show without me, whatevs, oh. and uh, the next day, <laughs> yeah, on, yes, yeah, yes, you did. But, um, No, we're doing lots of shows, which is great, New Year's Eve and Mimo, we're playing Mimo next year.
0: Mimo's good. To
4: that. It's a great venue. It's such a great venue.
0: Simon's a lovely bloke too.
4: And it's great sound too in there. They're really, it's, yeah. it's good. It's good all round. Everybody's happy.
2: What mm. did it used to be? What well, did BMO used to be? Was mm. it called something else before? The old so, St like, RSL.
3: R- oh, okay. Yeah. But I think, such is my understanding, that the, the, uh, the venue, the theatre venue with the stage, in, you know, the, the, the room in which we all perform, was a recording studio for a while. Uh, And, in fact, it's where um, one of the fathers of the Australian recording industry, Bill Armstrong, recorded Normie Rose, It Ain't Necessarily So. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, uh, as I say, steeped in tradition, rich in history, Bill... um, during last year or the year before gave a talk there and explained where all the microphones were set up. It's in that main room, by the way, just on the sprung dance floor, and Bill Armstrong um, gave a very historical and probably hysterical talk about the um, (laughs) history of the MIMA. Oh,
2: there you go.
3: Upstairs as well as the downstairs venues a slightly smaller venue, well smaller venue upstairs, the Ruby Carter Jazz Lounge. And they reverbed that. They refurbed that during lockdown, and it's the most beautiful room, you know. They've kept the, uh, the deco or whatever period, the history of it all, and they've got some couches sitting around. I played there November the 28th, Wilbur Wilde's Blowout, uh, which is the jazz outfit, and um, we, uh, we had a full house and, you know, just made a couple of bucks and had a couple of reds and did some standards and uh, played some tough bop.
4: Do you know what you are will but you're like the custodian of all the like you know you know all the history of all these venues and all these places that you you've played at and you it's it's you're very important.
3: Don't go I, anywhere. I'm not going look I'm not going anywhere Bonnie. I Good. Uh, I, I have to ask though about <laughs> these places. I and but then I then most of the time I remember you know, sort of going through some of the history of the gigs. I did um, Mary, um, uh, the, the Greek, nice Greek lady. Of um, course. Um, uh, no, not Mary, because um, she runs the bus tours. And I did one bus tour oh, with her God. where they drive around all the old Melbourne venues. And they've got a historian on board, and I was like the guest host. And it's like there's like 20 people on a Toyota coaster, and you start at the (laughs) art center and then you drive around past Armstrong Studios and past the memo, and you know, you get to the corner hotel and you go past, you know, some stuff down in St. Kilda. And it's really good because the historian is, like, a really knowledgeable, mm-hmm. uh, a passionate about the history of popular music in Melbourne and Festival Hall and the bands that play there and Hoop, you oh, know, the, okay. the houses, that, you know, in Toorak where Max Merritt and the Meteors sort of shared a house with Doug Park, considering in focus, and all, you know, the, and it's just really rich. it's, oh. Oh, it's brilliant. Melbourne's great like that. Fair Fair <laughs> and so,
4: Cheeky Chop, are you, are you gigging?
0: Ah, uh, yes, sort of back to work um, because you know, I haven't done anything for years. and um...
3: Mary Mihalakos is this woman's name.
0: She's
3: she's nice Greek, a uh, nice Greek woman, uh, Kronio Palat to the Greeks uh, that are listening to the podcast, and Sinkadikidia uh, um, and Megali Niki. Which, uh, and for the Greeks who are listening to this uh, podcast, I just congratulated them for winning the World Cup.
0: (laughs) Well, Chicana Sagapi, which is me saying hello, darling, and I'm sure Jim Orphanidis would be listening to us today, too. So uh, a lot of Greeks love the show.
2: Do you speak any languages, Eve, or not?
4: I speak un peu français, um, un poco italiano, and and yasu yasu. Yeah, What's Yasu Yasu? That's, That's Jewish, That's, is it? No, I'm Yasu Greek. Yasu
2: is Greek. Ah, you know, What
4: about you, Kevin?
2: No, nah, did uh, German in German in high school, which is the greatest bloody waste of time. The only thing that ever got me was to understand two words in Hogan's Heroes.
4: I know
3: nothing.
2: Yep, that was the extent of the German language. It was absolutely useless. Latin and French for me.
3: Mm. Really, love, Latin? Love you can Latin. read
0: Latin. Oh, i brilliant at Latin. And because I'm a Latin, I can pretty much translate any language in the world mm. except for Japanese and Chinese. But I learnt Japanese. Domo, domo. Get this car. Domo, domo.
3: That's a handy skill. To <laughs> and, um, with the Latin thing too, our school motto was Latin.
0: Yep. Uh usc we-
3: ad mortem. Mm, what does that mean? it means knowledge is good. Oh. No, doesn't mean that. No, it doesn't mean <laughs> that. It
0: means, it means faithful unto death. Right.
4: Well, I thought it meant something else.
0: We had a club called the Water Buffaloes, which we um, held, you know, drunken events with, but we had a, a Latin motto and it was Ubi est puwala, which means where are the girls?
5: <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah.
0: Ubi puella?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, when Julius to- Caesar said vini Vedi. Vici, which is I came, I saw, I conquered. Mm -hmm. When the Falcons were in Los Angeles in 1980, John Power, the bass player, the late, great John Power, very knowledgeable man, noticed the sign (coughs) on a uh, local bordello, which was uh, Vedi, Vini, Vede, which means I came, I saw, I came. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, bit, I've just reminded myself, I've lobbed, I've lobbed this to myself, uh, forgive me, but it's kind of topical even though I introduced the topic. Uh, the <laughs> uh, Falcons played the Whiskey-A-Go-Go. And it was a showcase gig in those days, right, where you'd invite all the record heavyweights, the recording heavyweights, to come and see how good you are and you'd throw them and party and, uh, you know, the managers and the Irving Azov came along. Oh, wow. And introduced to him. Oh, yeah, it was like, you know, he was a Records and yeah. all that sort of stuff. It was, it was the Eagles the manager. There. Well, that's right. And uh, anyway, on the dressing room uh, wall before we went out, There was some graffiti and John Power was leaning into the wall reading it. He said, oh, there's some graffiti here. And we're just sort of kicking back and uh, we said, well, what does it say? And he said, you know, here we are. You know, we're ready to go on stage for our showcase gig in Los Angeles. And the graffiti that John read us went thusly. It said, so now you're here, you've made it to the whiskey, you're looking good. And you're feeling frisky. With your brand new clothes and coke up your nose, if you blow it here, tough shitsky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A lot of bands have blown that, um, that uh, showcase gig thing. Um, I heard that... Screaming Jets were over there and um, it was all set up for them. They were all about to, it was going to be huge and the record company was all vibed up and all that. And Freddie Mercury had died a couple of days earlier. And I'm told that Dave gleason has got up on stage and said, so, Freddie Mercury died. Oh, well, that'll teach him. That was it. That's the end. You can't insult <laughs> oh, Freddie Mercury. They're my. done. Oh, done. My. We don't want to know about you. Yeah.
4: Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, and so. I think the collectors stuffed it up too by getting pissed and telling all the record company that they didn't know what they were doing, a bunch of shitheads, <laughs> and then they were, they were dumped as well. So, you know. Australians behaving badly at showcase gigs. Uh, that was Hunters and Collectors. They started oh, abusing the record okay. company. They started not started off all right, but then they got pissed and they yeah. said, What are you wankers now? You don't know anything. And then that was the end of their overseas deal. And um, didn't
4: the sports do the same thing? Stephen, something happened with the sports? What sport. happened with them? Uh, at that gig. Allegedly. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, allegedly. There you go. What
1: yeah,
0: did they no, do? No,
4: the same kind of thing. They blew it. They right. said the wrong thing to the wrong person, you know.
0: James Freud got signed to um, some German label and he was doing a showcase gig in London and Barry Earl had got them all new clothes and they looked great. And, and the, the owner of the German label happened to be walking past and said, oh, yeah, i just signed this guy. So he went in to see them and James got on the stage. And
2: oh, no, we just, gotta, just, to, just oh, need to take a phone call. I need, we'll get back to your James Freud story in a moment. but we're just. Uh, hello, John Paul Young calling. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Hey, how are you? Look, good. No complaints. Now, Brian was just in the middle of a really uh, deep and meaningful story about uh, an Australian recording artist.
0: Stuffing up their overseas chances. Yes.
2: Yeah, so anyway, the
0: German guy went in, James Freud, and then they're playing, they're looking great and all this, and then James says, here's a stupid pop song, but I have to play it, and it's Modern Girl. (laughs) And that's the reason they signed them, and he hates the song. and." that pretty much stuffed that up too. So, you know, there's a lot of... A big history, a rich history, Wilbur, of um, Australians getting their big overseas chance and just stuffing it up.
3: What happened with you, JP? Why, when you went to the States? Uh,
6: well, I didn't, actually, I didn't actually stuff that up. I just... Um, I was uh, true to myself, let's put it that way. You weren't going um, to be David Cassidy. That's right. They sat me down and said, we're going to turn you into the next David Cassidy.
4: oh forget it
6: i'm sitting there going no you're not (laughs) i didn't say it i didn't say it i I led them to believe that i was interested Uh, i came back to australia and grew a beard and sent the photos over and they they got the message (laughs)
3: what now what period of your um great body of work was this was was it like lovers in the air or was it um i hate the music
6: no it was lovers in the air Yeah. It got to number five nationally in the States. Wow. wow. And they were were pretty wound up about it, you know, and they wanted that to happen. But I could just see me getting chewed up by the machine, you know. I could see that anything that I thought was going to be important to me was going to get thrown out the window. So, and there was also the huge upheaval. I would have had to have uproot my whole life from Australia, moved to the States. Yep. And, you know... Honestly, I, I can. I think if I was in any, from any other country, I, I might have taken it up. But did, not coming from here.
3: Did you receive support for your decision from Albert Records? in that Yes, day? I did.
6: Uh, they said, "Well, what do you want to do?" And so I said, "Look, I wouldn't mind getting into a a bit of the old soul stuff again." So we we went to work and we put together a uh, an album called Heaven Sent. Which was uh, roundly ignored, and uh, then that was the beginning of the end for George and Harry because they basically came back to me and said, "Well, we've tried. Um, we we just don't know what to do with you now. We don't know where to go." And I said, "Well, neither do I." <laughs> so um, so that was it. That was the end of our our partnership, if you like. And um, and of course, and and the big eight O came along. You know, like as soon as everything turned with an eight in front of it. I was history. I was out. I got thrown out with the rubbish. With most yeah. of the '70s Australian artists, I might add, uh, a couple survived, like Dragon, etc. But, but to my eternal annoyance, the Australian media, in sections of it, still have this incredible cultural cringe when it comes to talking about people like Hush, and TMG, and Sherbet and myself and everybody else that was in that mad, teeny-bopper craziness in the 70s, it's like it didn't happen. You don't no. hear any of that stuff on radio anymore. Um, you do I, on community radio, which I'm I'm very grateful for, but uh, as far as, um you know, your your hits and memories type stations go,
0: mm. no, we're not there. I felt it, it kind of did that with the 80s artists when the 90s oh, came out. Brian. <laughs> 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 you think you're going to get an easy time from me, Yorkin. Uh, um, now they try to rewrite history sometimes. And, yeah, they do. <laughs> and they try to rewrite it with you not in it. And and it kind of shits me because you can sort of go, Well, you can, you know, the ARIA Awards can report that, you know, fifty years only made it to number eleven, all they friggin' like, but I know it got to number one and they yeah. can just get stuffed. And the <laughs> ARIA Awards, they're the biggest friggin' joke ever. The Australian record industry got together so they can award themselves records and they can ship things gold without ever selling gold. It's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It is selective. (laughs) Oh,
6: yeah. But
3: in 2006, the four of us Mm -hmm. did a wonderful Countdown tour which would uh, decry the um, Australian content um, regulators because uh, the stars of Countdown, JPY included, and the Mm Shantuzis and Brian Mannix and and Sherbett, the aforementioned Hush, Joey Camilleri, Mm -hmm. Frankie J, and <laughs> I know I've left a lot of people. Dave Sterry was there. Swanee um, was there. Scotty and was, was there. Mark Gable. Yeah, very, yeah. Oh, well, and that's right. And it was very well subscribed, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. And James Freud. James Freud was there. Yes.
6: Indeed he was, yes. That view that sections of the media have is not reflected in the public because, you know, to this day, the um, you know, I just uh, finished the Apia tour And, you know, it is so well represented. You know, the audiences are are always there and they absolutely love what they're saying.
4: Um, What's not to love?
6: Correct. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> absolutely correct. I know the audience can't see this, but I've just adjusted my camera angle to just sneak in the ARIA Hall of Fame award. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I
2: and saw you. You,
3: you were I'm twinging sure, that can... around
2: as we are speaking yeah. you, bugger! I've,
3: yeah, just got, it. Well, I've got my ARIA award here. <laughs> the, oh. JPY mentioned the yeah. Arias and Mano went off at them and I... I just thought I'd just, you know, just chuck it in the yeah. background there, a little background
6: shot. Well, I went to go and get mine, but I think it's been stolen.
3: <laughs> but where is the ARIA Hall of Fame? Has anybody ever been, had a drink there or anything? I've, I've been able to find it. <laughs> no. I'd love to drop in and just press the bar with uh, the likes of uh, Eve von Bibra, Brian Mannix, John Paul Young.
2: <laughs> yeah, drink card with your name on it. Hey, Youngy, you're doing the, um, your, your 50th anniversary tour? Uh, that's, yes. That's coming up. you be kicking oh, that off for right. you at, at yes. Crown, Crown Casino is the first one of uh, late January.
6: Mm, yeah, indeed. Um, as uh, my agent says, God willing, and the creeks don't rise. <laughs> because <laughs> um, oh. we're always in this dodgy territory. I heard somebody today say that don't be surprised if 2022 turns out similar to
2: 2021. Oh, no, don't. Oh, oh, no. You know,
6: no, it's I, uh,
3: uh, <laughs> May I ask, JP, why um, Creek's not rising? Who have you got to replace the irreplaceable Ronnie, Ronnie Peel?
6: Well, uh, I'm so glad my son Danny has uh, been around because uh, he facilitated that. Ronnie was uh, so determined uh, and so strong right till the very end and um, even to the point where we did a sound check at a gig and he said, no, I can't, I'm done, I can't do it. Thank God one of our road crew was an ex-bass player. And so he oh. filled in for that gig. Oh. And uh, and he filled in for about four gigs that we had lined up, you know, when Ronnie basically just, it was totally beyond him. My son told me about a, a guy that lives quite local. His name is Donovan Whitworth the Third. Oh, got <laughs> a nice. good
1: start. Yes, <laughs>
6: Donovan <laughs> Whitworth the another, third. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, Donovan Errol Whitworth the third. Oh, oh, nice. and, uh, he's from Los Angeles, and he's done quite a bit of work. Of course, he's he's really good at what he. You know, he's a, he's a non-drinker, non-smoker. <laughs> we don't know how he's going to fit in. <laughs> but... Um, but it, no, he's he's a uh, he's perfect fit for the band. Um, he's uh, he's probably our youngest at forty nine, and so yeah, he's uh, he, he's he's uh, he's slotted in really well. Well, valet Rockwell T. James, absolutely, uh,
3: you, feel to, you know, yeah. And uh, who you got on guitar? You you got that Willie Winter guy on guitar? No. I <laughs>
6: No, Willie, Willie left us quite a long time ago. Well,
3: I haven't, been, I haven't been kept in the loop with... 2007, the I think. Oh, okay,
6: right. <laughs> he, was a, he was a good bloke, too. He was. He was, he was a lovely he man. Really, yeah. He was a lovely yeah. man. Now, on guitar, we're back... Uh, we've, we've almost gone back to the early 80s, so we've gone back to Floyd Vincent, from Floyd Vincent and the Child Brides, Uh his real name is Greg Patterson. When he joined the band back in the 80s, he immediately got the name Floyd, as in Floyd Patterson, right. and he uh, he took that name. and uh, He's been very successful in on in his own right and uh, toured uh, Europe and the world quite a few times with his own uh, with his own band. Uh, right. But now he's uh, he's more settled. He's settled down. He's got kids, a mortgage, all the stuff, and yes. um, our, our normal guitar guitarist Juan Marie Gonzalez, uh, he uh, he decided Juan. he was going to leave. Yeah, I know. What are these names? They're the, up Whitfield and
3: Murray. Yeah. And so and Juan. Juan. Did, Warren. Did Juan go back, Juan went back to Ireland, did he? No.
2: <laughs> How did you know? He
6: went back to the Philippines. Oh, yeah, of course. In mind only, because he he was on his way and, of course, he couldn't go because of COVID. His decision just became null and void, and so we had to get Floyd to take his place. And, uh, and there's been another replacement, our... Long-time rhythm guitarist and keyboard player Michael Walker. He he decided he didn't want to play with the band anymore for for reasons that I'm not going to go into. Well, uh, should.
4: Best not. Best not.
0: Let's hear the yeah. let's hear the reasons. Of course, you just want I'll to call you in five day. minutes, Mano <laughs> <laughs> and, and,
3: and what you and and of course JPY what you disclosed discreetly to Mano about the reasons Michael Walker left the band will not leave this industry <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's,
6: that's exactly what I'm hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you haven't said much. Me? Yeah,
0: come on, Evie.
4: Uh, uh, what do you want me to say? I was just Actually, I was just going to say, it is interesting band splits, isn't it? The stories behind why people leave bands and all that kind of stuff. Sure.
2: Well, can we um, ask you, you're a twosome now, the Shantuzis.
4: Yeah, no, we're pretty much green bottles on the wall and we're just, uh, there's two of us left. Ali reckons she's going to be the last one and she'll just be there doing Irish dancing like this on her own. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Everybody's just... Uh, They'll come back and they'll go again. Not the okay. boys, but uh, we'll look forward the to girl, seeing
6: Mike. the Chantu's. <laughs> the tans-
3: the, twosies.
6: the yeah.
4: two'sies. We are the toothies
3: The original yeah. lineup of the Shantoosies, of course, oh. included a wonderful pianist, great jazz pianist by the name of Scott Griffiths. What? Scott Griffiths, oh. and also uh, the David Incredible, Frank. David
4: Rain, who David I just on saw drums. the other day. David yeah. Wayne on drums, Brady Goldsmith on the bass, That's and Frank right, McCoy, who passed away. Frank McCoy, not so I long know. Frank died, Frank died during the,
3: the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It's toddy okay?
4: Yeah, Toddy's what's great. happened to toddy? So she got COVID mm. and she went down. Well, because she's got a bit of a compromised immune system. She had, had um, chronic fatigue in the past, so That's she right. was sort of. So I was sitting here because I'm the warrior in the band. I'm just going, shit, shit, is she all right? Is she gonna live? And you know, all that stuff. She's bloody fine. She is so good now. She went down and it was bad. She had bad headaches and chronic everything and all that sort of stuff. But she is just like new new life.
3: So she's I, she's happy as I read and, somewhere that yeah. the COVID vaccine helps with chronic fatigue syndrome. Is that right? That's what I heard. And back what? to Evie Von Bibra. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> our medical know, reporter, Dr. Wilbur Wilde, just joined us.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Dr.
4: Wilde. Um, no, I had not heard that. Well, maybe that's why she's feeling so good now. Um, well, I feel I like I'm in, her
0: press secretary. When she was in hospital, I went in and visited her and I, I gave her a nice <laughs> chest massage, and um, that seemed to do wonders.
4: Yeah, yeah, I bet it did, Brian. Very yeah, thoughtful. Me.
0: <laughs>
4: Remember when she was on that countdown, aforementioned countdown tour and she had Trixie's salon? Oh yeah. And she did everybody's makeup. Miss that, Trixie. She oh. She so. Trixie's salon is open and I've got the most fantastic video. I've got to a DVD. I've got to give it to everybody. And and JPY, it's a song that you wrote.
0: Oh, yeah, oh. At the
4: end. oh, oh what God, a horrible thing that was, so anyway, yeah. No, no that was, was great. It was so great. <laughs> it was fantastic. And Wendy Stableton was tap dancing on the table. And, oh, I know. oh, It was just brilliant. It was such it a great, just had great that great song.
0: line in it, Molly and Renee, which one's gayer?
1: Funny, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: know. I love it. Very Hang good. on a minute. For those of you who uh, weren't on the Countdown tour, namely oh. me and everyone else listening to this, yeah. what, what's the oh, song, yeah, okay. Youngie? Oh, look, I can't even remember what, what we called it. It was. Um, um, it, was it, went, it took
4: on the Perth to get over Adelaide. <laughs> um, oh my oh, God. It was just so good. It was so yeah, good. Yeah, I can't
6: remember. You yeah, and Billy Miller wrote it, didn't you?
4: Billy yeah,
6: Miller. and Billy Miller and um, Eurogliders. Um, oh, Bernie. Bernie. Or Grace. It was actually
2: Grace, I think.
6: Okay. Oh. It was, yes, yes.
2: So has it ever been recorded went- and seen the light of day anywhere? Uh No. We played it live. I've got,
4: I've got a recorded version of it, like a visual.
2: Have you, John? It's yeah, so good.
4: Yeah. And I've got you, Wilbur, telling a great story about your sax. It's brilliant. I'm not going to spoil it because if anyone ever sees it, it it's a bit <laughs> of a laugh.
3: Yeah, well, just, you know, $700 million worth of talent assembled in one spot, that tour was... Just great. And we sold, you know, what did we do about 14 gigs and sold them all out? Yeah. You know,
6: yeah. Rod Ten- all Labors the tennis centres, yeah.
3: And That's, that's right. The Amy
6: thing. It was two, wasn't it? Wasn't it two countdown? <laughs> yeah, there was a second one. one, about you know, 18 well. months
3: later, and they had um, people like Samantha Fox, Yes. Ooh, um, I right. went to that one as well and saw Doc Neeson was uh, singing with his oh. angels, you know, the <laughs> David Lowy angels and stuff like
6: yeah, that. So was, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. That's right. Yeah. I got a ride in David's plane. Ah, yeah. did you now? I right. did. So, yeah, I yeah, did. yeah. All the way
3: from first back to Sydney. It was fantastic. I remember I remember interviewing Glenn, Beebe and Graham uh, shortly before that and there was all the stuff going on about Stephen Hausden owning the name Little River Band, and they wanted to call it Little River Band, but they couldn't. And you know, it was like, you know. And then I said to I said to, to Glenn Shorick, who's just hilarious, right, as we yeah. all know. And I said, well, if you can't call it Little River Band because of copyright issues, what are you going to call it? And Shorick said, Sherbet. Sure, <laughs> 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 um,
2: that's so good. Hey, listen, this is a Christmas show. So I want to. What are you doing for Christmas, youngie?
6: Uh, I'll be going up to. Uh, A very old friend of mine's place, uh, which is kind of what we do every now and again. Uh, So, and it's only about a kilometre up the road, so it's well within staggering distance home. And uh, so that that'll be yeah, that'll be that'll be our Christmas.
2: Do you have a Christmas tradition in the young
6: household? Uh, well, we usually try and get a game of cricket together, which is hysterical since I'm from Glasgow. <laughs> so yeah, we we try and get a, a cricket uh, a cricket match together, and uh, I, I've somehow I have to procure four kilos of prawns from somewhere, you know, and that's that's difficult because you can't get them too early, you know. You gotta you, you gotta time your run with these things, you know. So that's the hardest thing that uh for me this Christmas, absolutely.
2: Okay. Eve, hey, what's uh, what's what's Christmas for you this year, and what's the what's the tradition in your house?
6: Yeah, just
4: stay, just talk amongst yourselves for a minute.
2: He's just slipping into
0: something more comfortable.
4: <laughs> well, Well, that's a suit. Actually, I do have my Christmas dress. Hang on a sec.
2: All right. Oh, here we
3: go. I didn't realise they made Christmas dresses out of hessian. <laughs>
4: Oh, very
6: funny. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very funny. <laughs> hey, Wilbur, did you know, while we're, while we're sitting here waiting, yeah. did you know that you're you're probably the second most famous Wilbur in the world?
1: Who's the um, first?
6: I reckon it's Wilbur Post. No, I don't presume Yeah, me too. I was going to say um, Wilbur Post. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be Wilbur Post, but, you know. Well, okay, I'll elevate you, Wilbur. You are the most famous Wilbur, but there's not too many famous Wilburs in the world. No.
3: Yeah, well, sort of... I, There's a certain um, recognition factor that still happens. I don't presume that anybody knows who I am. That's why I'm very happy to introduce myself to anyone, you know. But um, (laughs) uh, just seeing you touched on it, walking around the streets... uh, uh, JPY, and I'm sure you get the same. Anybody from that generation, and certainly the hey, hey, hey generation, they'll come up and they'll say, oh, now, look, you must get sick of this and you don't know me, but I said, I, well, for starters, I say, g'day, what's your name, John? Great, now we know each other. And I, for starters, I never get sick of it because people 99.99, 100% of the time, they come up and they say, oh, thanks for the laughs and we saw you play with Old 55 at the Jamboree back in and and they, You know, it's a, it's a great right. way to sort of make your way around. And I'm sure you get the same. Brian and Evie and, oh, Evie's back.
0: <laughs>
6: oh,
3: This, is, stuck this is my Christmas dress.
6: The fairy so got off the top of the tree.
1: <laughs>
4: it's a lot of tulle and then, you know, you get the crackers with all the hats and everything in it, right? and yeah. just yeah. All those paper hats, you know, you've got to do a new take. So I went to the hat shop and bought, like, a whole lot of different hats for people oh, to wear. Nice. the fares. A Christmas and this is... My face, the Oh, the Viking helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, a little bit of <laughs> oh, yeah, a claw. hello. Oh one's back.
3: The yeah. sombrero. <laughs>
6: Oh,
4: fantastic! Um, anyway,
6: so She's auditioning to be in your band, yet. youngie. I you reckon. I reckon. I reckon. <laughs> I think we've got a couple of hat wearers. <laughs> oh, 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 here comes the strip. <laughs> oh, Evie, <hello.
3: laughs> can I just ask? You tell me if I'm being impertinent here, oh. but oh, seeing you've shown your Christmas tradition and gone into a little bit of family history there, can you tell? Guys, what your nickname was in the Shantuzies and why it was your nickname. I haven't used it today.
4: Oh, well, Nonny. Come on. Yeah, you, Because it, it, when I – well, no, because yeah, no, just when on. I was a little girl, I had, you know, a little blankie and it was called Nonny and then everyone just started calling me Nonny. It's very boring. I, you know, they don't need to know about <laughs> – I think
3: that's really cute. Anyway. Oh, yeah. um, Well, no, no, everyone no, had
4: something when they were little. Um, But, yeah, so I've got got the twins. My sister's got twins and then I've, uh, you know, I'm in charge of decorations and stuff. So we have a lot of fun at Christmas. We're all about tradition.
0: What food will you be eating?
4: So we'll be eating ham and turkey and then my Scottish brother-in-law will have something, you know, like fish on the barbie. Right. Because, um, you know, he's. He likes to a little... little Don't let him
3: bring the haggis in. No, no haggis.
4: (laughs) No haggis.
3: No haggis.
4: A a, A Christmas haggis,
6: red and green, you know. Yes. (laughs) I asked my dad what a haggis was. He he told me it was a three-legged bird that walked under the water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Talking about your dear old dad, what did he do, JPY? What was his job? Uh, He had... um, Part of the reason why we left Glasgow, he had he had three jobs. Yep. He was a terrazzo polisher, which is kind of like a stonemason. Yep. Uh, he went back to the RAF on the weekends in the reserves, and he also worked in a bar two or three nights a week. Shorter than I am, he was the uh, he was also the barman and the bouncer. Ah, <laughs> oh, love it.
3: When you came out from Glasgow, how old were you, and where did you, where were you, uh, uh, where did you live?
6: I was uh, I was eleven. We arrived on Australia Day, nineteen sixty two, and um, this is all going to come out in my fifty year show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, We were promised drovers on horseback and flocks of sheep, <laughs> and instead we got a, a tin hut. Where? In in the outer suburbs of Liverpool, a place called East Hills.
3: Right. That wasn't the same one that um, Harry and George were in, was it?
6: No, they were in an inner suburb uh, called Villawood, which wasn't too far away, but, you know, in those days, everything was far away for us, you know. like in, In Glasgow, if you couldn't walk to work, it was too far. And we come came to Australia and, and it was, uh, you know, my dad had to get a licence pretty quick, smart. Otherwise, we would have been marooned at the migrant hostel.
3: <laughs> so you, yeah. were, you were living in a Nissan hut yes. in 1962. Yeah. And when did you meet, uh, oh, you know, was there a sort of Scottish, well, the Scottish community, so to speak? Did you uh, did you know Harry and George and John English, for instance, back then?
6: The Easy Beats, Drummer Snowy was actually in the same migrant hostel the last six months of our tenure there. Uh, he had arrived, and uh, so he was at East Hills Migrant Hostel, and um, he uh, he joined the Easy Beats, and George Young told me many years later that uh, he saved them in a way because Harry, Harry wanted the band to do steps like the Shadows,
2: Ooh.
7: you see.
6: I oh. you know, remember the Shadows oh, used to do yeah, their, yeah. You know, We supported steps. them one time. yeah. Well, Snowy turned up and said, no, 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 that's old hat. <laughs> so George is, was eternally grateful for saving them from the steps. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he is. Yep. You would be. Well, that's, uh, hey, Willie, that's what's your...
3: Oh, I was just um, congratulating JPY on on the history uh, that he's going to bring out in his fiftieth anniversary tour. It's all, you know, uh, you know. John English uh, told me once he used to have a jam with Harry and George and the Easy Beats when he first arrived too. So that uh, migrant history, you know, yeah, without, yeah, you know, without without.
7: Without the Jews and the wogs and the Scots, we'd have no bloody culture <laughs> in this country at all.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Sir Les Wild. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. you,
0: can't, you can't call him JPY anymore. Steve Housden owns that name now. So you've got to get up with something else. <laughs> okay,
2: well, Mr Sherbert, just like you're there. Um, oh, yeah. Listen, <laughs> so we do have to wrap this up. But, uh, uh, Willie, what's your Christmas with the family and the uh, the boys? Well,
3: as you uh, already know, Kev, I have five children from three different women, two of whom I chose wisely not to marry, but I've (laughs) got to visit all of them. Um, so, um, I'll be round at the old house for the, uh, twins, for Toby and Elliot. Uh, Toby's my favourite, but I keep Elliot for parts. Um, <laughs> they live, they live with, uh, my ex-wife, the only woman I did, uh, choose to marry. And, um, then we've got Howard. And then, uh, my big boy, Ryan, I oh, might have to nick up to Belgrave, although we were at my granddaughter's birthday last week, so that's cool. And then- Oh, my, my God, you have grandchildren. Yeah, Valda, she, um, she has a lunch and then we'll go back to Hardy Terrace where my family, the Hardy Terraces um, in uh, on Planet Ivanhoe, will have lunch <laughs> back there. And then uh, Boxing Day morning, it's off to the All Nations for the uh, breakfast deal that they have, you bacon and eggs and a couple of pots, then off. Probably to the first session, maybe yeah, the second frigate. session, uh, and then back to the All Nations for a ribeye, and uh, we'll lurch home. Might drop in at Molly's because he's just around the corner. <laughs> Just to say g'day, but we'll lurch home at about nine thirty. Tired but happy.
2: Wow! (laughs) Got it all planned out. Got it all planned out. What what do you and you and I'll talk about what you're doing for Christmas, Brian? uh, uh, Later on in the in the show. Hey, youngie, thanks thanks for joining us, mate. Good luck with the tour. Uh, Cheers. You're working hard. Uh, Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this this tour is going to have you working hard. Well, yeah, I
6: know. And again, God willing, and the creeks don't rise all yeah. those uh, gigs will come to fruition. But I'll just mention... They will. That, yeah, I'll just mention that uh, that gig at Crown, that will be happening on Molly's birthday.
2: January 29th. Oh. When he turns oh, yeah. 132. <laughs> 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 1,000 years old. Molly, Molly. Finally, yeah. someone tells the truth about his age. Um,
7: <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. He was th- uh, two
3: years behind Johnson at Kwamba to- uh, high school.
6: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Is it John okay, Winston the- said to me, you'll never make a country singer sing, sing air, and I said, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, thank you, like JP. Why happy Christmas to yeah, you yeah, all? Happy Christmas to you happy all. Ryan, to
2: all of you. Jimmy. Thanks so well, much thank for doing you. this. All right,
3: thanks for having me. We you. appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Love Thanks yourself. Willie. Thanks, Yankee. See you all. Cheers. All right. Bye. Goodbye. And you too, Mannix.
6: Parties <laughs> <laughs>
2: Old 55 Christmas there. Da, 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 da. Oh, it's a rocking Christmas. Yeah, it is a rocking Christmas. So uh, thanks to Willie and, uh, and to Eve and to John Paul Young. Don't forget, Youngie's big uh, celebration tour of the 50 years uh, is yeah. on next year. Crown uh, Showroom is uh, the first of the gigs on the 29th of January. So make sure you grab some tickets for that. It'll be a very, very good show. Now, we yeah. mentioned our special guest, the Bee Gees. Now, I, I must admit, I was a huge Bee Gees fan before Saturday Night Live. Yeah, me too. Um, I thought they were terrific some of those early songs and this band that we're about to talk to was a legitimate member of uh, of the BG's back then when they were a five piece band the three gib brothers Colin Peterson and Vince Maloney who was our there guest you go. and he's oh, got wow. a, a new uh, a new outfit that he's working with at the moment we'll talk to him back called Tall Poppy Syndrome and we'll play their song at the end of this too so let's have That's a right. chat to Vince Brian go let's go talk to Vinny Vince oh, hello Vince. how are you mate
8: i'm
5: good thanks
2: Hey, thanks for doing this. Yes. We really appreciate it. Tell us about Tall Poppy Syndrome first up.
5: Well, the Tall Poppy Syndrome started a couple of years ago when I recorded an easy beat song called Women. And uh, the people who played on that then played on the next song that I was asked to play guitar on. It was a song called Ring My Bell, which was a, an early BG song. Uh, by a group called Strangers in a Strange Land. So what happened was, because we were thinking about a new single for me, and uh, Jonathan sent me a copy of Come Some Christmas or Halloween that was uh, recorded by uh, Robin Gibb, and and Robin Gibb wrote the song. So he sent me the copy of that, and I, I said, yeah, I really like the song, but I don't think it's for me. So he thought it was a great song, so he rearranged it and recorded it. So he said, we, we should actually call it a band, you know, because we we're going to be doing more things in the future. Not long before that, I'd heard about the, uh, the saying, tall poppy syndrome. It's a, it's a saying that comes from Australia.
1: Yeah.
5: He, he liked the term, you know, and I say, so a woman, Elaine Adams, who is involved in in, our, in some of our uh, social media. She's got a lot of photographs from the time when I was a member of the Bee Gees and comes up with a lot of great ideas. She said, what you should do is instead of putting it out as strangers in a strange land, or actually you guys uh, should call yourself a band, you know, call have a name. Jonathan liked it, and he spoke to me about it, and I said, sounds great, you know, I love it. So that's how the tall poppy syndrome came about. You know, under that name, under that title, we have put out uh, Come Some Christmas Eve or Halloween. It was all done by... Clem and Alec and and Paul and Jonathan, of course, live in L.A., so they were able to go to the studio and record it. So Jonathan sent me a rough, then I recorded my guitar here in the U.K. and um, sent the track to the studio. Yeah, so that's how it came about. How was it
0: recording, you know, in a different country to the rest of the
5: band? Is that... That's and I've done a lot of recording myself, but that's a weird thing that I've never done. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, oh, it's happened many times, but the, I think one of the first ones was Frank Sinatra did an album, and he did an album was uh, duets with everybody. We'll take talk about it with me when they recorded the track in LA, and sent they sent me an MP3 of it, and mm. so then I put that into my. Uh, into my into my computer in my program, my music program, I put it in there and then I just bring up another track and record along down. with it. Yeah, record oh, cool. along with
2: it. Would you have loved to have had, you know, these kind of the kind of technology that is available to you now. Back in the days when you're on stage with, you know, the Aztecs and screaming girls and
5: <laughs> um, no, no I, I love the, you know we Most of the time we were working I was working through an AC30 You know, and a Vox As far as I'm concerned, that's all I wanted I didn't want anything else, you know The the Vox, was, which today You know, the Marshall Combo And and the AC30 were my Are my favourite amplifiers In the whole world, you know I've never really used a Fender amp I just can't get old No, they're, they're a bit tinny and trebly And
0: I reckon the the Fender Amps, and And, um, the Beatles used the Vox. They loved the
5: Vox. Um, I mean, the Beatles obviously turned turned the whole world onto Vox. We're in Australia, and, you know, in 1964, you know, a bloody long time ago, and when when we saw the Beatles using Vox, and uh, there was also when Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs were together and we were playing at Surf City, there was a band that uh, John Harrigan, our manager, and also the owner of Surf City, he bought a band in that were uh, working on a boat. They had AC 30s, and that's where I heard. I said, I've got to get one of them. You know, well, we didn't really have to hunt for it because the Billy Thorpe Aztecs became very popular.
2: We want to ask you about the BGS Gees and your memories of working in that late part of the 60s and what it was like for you in London at that stage.
5: Uh, yeah, well, uh, I, I'd arrived in England a few months before the Kid Brothers arrived and I'd seen them previously but not not all that long before I left And I did some put some guitar on a couple of tracks Of theirs over at Hurstville At the Ozzy um, Burns studio And they actually sang some backing vocals On a couple of tracks of mine So that I told them I was going to England They said, oh, we're going too, you know Maybe we'll meet up, you know And the chances, are, you know, at that time I think there was probably about 55 million people in England So the, the chances of meeting up were pretty slim however it, it happened we we got to meet each other and i i actually found that that because i found that the easy beats were in town and the easy beats were good friends of mine they toured with billy thorpe and the aztecs a, a couple of times and you know good friends with stevie they were living at wembley so i used to go and see them and one day i was there and i think a guy from the record company came in and said um oh the Bee Gees have arrived in town and he had a phone number for them. Uh, I called them up and I spoke to Morris. I mean, Morris owed me some money and I was skinned. I was, skin. I was my, my, myself and my wife Diane. We, were, we had a daytime job and I earned £10 a week and she earned £10.20 a week or something like that. And we lived in a bed sitter at Finchley Central. When I spoke to Morris, we was talking to him, and I, I said, you, you know, you got would you have any money? He said, no, we're skint, mate. You know, we haven't got any money. <laughs> he said, we've just been signed by this guy called Robert Stigwood, and we're doing some recording next week, so why don't you come and play guitar? So I went in there, and that night, uh, first of all, I met Colin Peterson. I'd never met Colin Peterson before. That was my first meeting with Colin. And that night, we recorded the very first song that we ever recorded Together, which was New York Mining Disaster, which became a big hit and launched us off into uh, international success. Um, We recorded uh, three albums, plus uh, I recorded about six tracks on the Odessa album, which was recorded before I left the band. So the BGs, for the first time in their life and the only time in their life, became all of a sudden a five-piece band. It was, it was the best of they ever were, I think. They were never as good again after that. Never as good. Well, <laughs> no, well, actually, uh, the, funny enough, uh, on the uh, Little Stevens Garage, Underground Garage, which is um, all around the world, it's got about 33 million uh, listeners. They play uh, a, lo- a lot of material from the first three albums, but you won't hear anything from after that they don't play anything from this from the disco era from the Saturday Night fever they they so but the earlier stuff they love and so they should it's really great material
1: yeah it is and
5: uh, oh. it was very very different material and when the band broke up uh, those influences you know they um, they dispersed i mean they lost me which was a real nuisance because i was that i was the rock and roller i was the one who was into rock and roll that i bought rock and roll into the band colin peterson a a great drummer perfect for the band absolutely you know couldn't have john bonham if he had to put in there wouldn't have wouldn't have fitted like colin did colin blade you know wonderful stuff very experimental very um thoughtful it wasn't just boom crash boom crash And it also inspired the Gibb brothers to write some incredible songs. Fortunately, we opened a a post called Bee Gees 1967 and 1969. Because what happened was a lot of people, the Bee Gees fan club, which is called GSI, Gibb Songs International, a lot of members of that organization and they didn't know that the band you know in fact there were questions when they played new york the mining disaster they said what is that a new song like Uh they didn't know that Uh it was recorded like 50 years previous our friend elaine said you should open a a a post called bg's 1967 and 1969 and put all the stuff in there that's relative to that period of time you needed to say look the guys did a lot more than staying Alive, you know. They did uh, <laughs> yeah. all these great songs. Mrs Gillespie's Refrigerator, Lemons Never Forget, The Change Is Made. I mean, the list is, you know, incredible. Yeah. It's fantastic.
0: They were pretty prolific with go. their songwriting, it seems. Like, you know, you look at the Bee Gees collection, there's so many songs and albums. Did they write quickly and, and which one... Did you get on with the best and who seemed to drive the show? Did Barry drive the show or they were all equal or how did that all work?
5: Barry didn't drive the show, but he certainly – he was always the eldest. So he was yeah. always – he always carried the burden of looking after his brothers and yeah. also being the spokesman for for them, you know, when they were five years old right through until, you know, um, New York mining disaster. And mm-hmm. as far as who I got along well with, the best I've got along the best with Morris. Uh, Morris never really received the, um, uh, the aids that he should have for his for his music or ability. He, I mean, he was a great bass player. He he was very influenced by Paul McCartney. He could play anything. He, he was he loved the Mellotron, and he could sing harmonies, and uh, so he was really good. There was always a bit of conflict between Barry and Robin uh, mm-hmm. and in some ways it was good because they're both incredible singers, but they're both so different. You know, yep. Robin's voice is just so vastly different to Barry's and Barry's is more, uh, how can I say, the more um, commercial, I suppose. Um Although not so much in those days. Later on it was, of course, and um, with his uh, falsetto and everything. But he didn't have the falsetto when we were together. Uh, he, he found that later on after, oh, I don't know when. Robert's more seven sincere th- in that he, he he sounds truly sad when
0: he sings I started a joke or something mm. like that. He's got that beautiful tremolo which he uses so well. Um, oh, I incredible. love both of their yeah. voices, but... Um, Rodham's oh, I got do. A really,
5: you don't
0: misunderstand me.
5: Yeah. Oh no, I'm not Rod. suggesting that for a second. But um,
0: yeah, and you're right. Morris is the underrated one, and he's a great bass player. Very melodic, as you say, like McCartney. Um, yeah, and I think I think he does. Does he do the lower harmonies? Um, I'm not sure how they divided the harmonies and stuff up, but.
5: They certainly did a great job. Did, um, he, had did a, have, he had a really high voice in the early times before Barry found his uh, found his old falsetto. Uh, yep. I think Morris was the high harmony. He had a really high voice, oh. but at the same time wow. he could really sing down down in the bottom as well. Quite quite amazing. I mean he. He had a really nice voice, Morris, a really nice voice, but he didn't have, like, Barry and Robin really had a a quality about their voice that was different from other people, and Morris didn't really have that. But he had, there was nothing wrong with his voice. And as far as the writing, whether prolific they were, um, they'd come into the studio with uh, three different ideas. They used to say to Colin and I, you know, hang out there. So Colin and I used to play chess. So we'd sit out in this room playing chess and the guys were inside working out what song we're going to do, right? So they would, what they would do, they'd come in and Barry would say, I've got this idea, you know, and, he, and they'd throw around the ideas that they've been messing about with at home. And they'd strike on one, yeah, that's really good or it's really come up. They'd really, uh, it'd work for them and all of a sudden they'd start singing. So they, they'd write the song in literally minutes, you know, and uh, then they'd call Colin and me and. And Barry had played it on his guitar, so we got the idea of the what chords were in it and what feel it was. and So then we'd all sit down and work out our parts, you know, what we're going to do, and we'd discuss it, you know, what about a guitar here, what about a Mellotron there, what blah, blah, blah. You know, and we'd work out the arrangement and, and we'd put it down. And most of the time, the recordings were put down uh, maximum five takes, maximum. most Mostly wow. first to second take. The records made in those
0: days, they still stand up. You know, I'm still blown away by Sergeant Pepper that's recorded on two, four tracks. And I think the musicians in your day, there was probably a lot more skill than there oh, is today where yeah. – Because you don't get, you know, half the time you're probably playing the song from Woe to Go rather than I've got the first four bars down and now we'll drop it and I'll get the next bit. I think the skill of the um, the people of your era had to be a lot better because you didn't have those studio tricks to fix things like you do today.
5: You had to put it all down. You couldn't, uh, you know, you say, hey, listen, I made a mistake in the, the second verse. Oh, we'll drop that in. You couldn't do that.
2: Hey Vince, is yeah. there is there one moment, a, a, a concert or a, a TV appearance, like an Ed Sullivan or a Laughing or one of those that stands in your in your memory as you know your fondest memory of the the BGG years?
5: The fondest of the BGG, um, we did. Um, I mean, there were. I mean, there was many. It was really. I think the first time we went to New York really blew my mind, and um, because coming from Australia. You know, my wife and I caught a boat over. We didn't have any money. We lived in a bedsitter. And even in Australia with Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs, no matter how popular we were, we I didn't have enough money to go and buy a house or anything, you know, mm. uh, yeah. you know, or even one bedroom flat. I didn't possibly have that anything like that at all. And so when all of a sudden the Bee Gees, you know, were travelling first class to America in a Pan Am jet, you know, and landing in New York and then going off and being staying in this unbelievable hotel that, you know, like kings and queens stay at, I mean, they blew my mind, you know, absolutely. And then being on the Ed Sullivan Show, which was the show at the time,
1: wow.
5: I mean, Elvis Presley was on the Ed Sullivan Show, you know, so, yes. and to do two songs and have, have Ed Sullivan mention Colin and my name, I mean, that was pretty wow. mind blowing and to stay at, uh, you know, the St. Regis Hotel, which is our most unbelievable hotel. And then, uh, and you know, to be on the Ed Sullivan show, then to be in, invited to uh, one of the, the, the top club in town, you know, and uh, when you arrive in a limousine outside and um, all the security people say, clear the way, clear the way, and you you taken into. I mean, that blew my mind. You know, uh, I never had experienced anything like that in my my life. And then the second time we went to America, we went to. Uh, no, it was the first time we went to New York. First of all, and we did the Ed Sullivan show. Might have been the second time. I'm not really quite sure. But we went to New York, and we stayed in. Uh, we stayed in the St Regis. That was the first hotel. And then we stayed in the plaza, which is right on the park. And um, then we went to LA to do the Smothers Brothers show. And we stayed in the Beverly Hills Hotel. Well, I can't, wow. it's very hard to explain the Beverly Hills Hotel. The Beverly Hills Hotel is the hotel. I mean, you're liable to go to the walks. What they have is they have the main hotel. And then they have all cabins all yeah. over the place, and they're really luxurious. So you're liable to walk, you know, down to the pool and see anybody, you know, anybody who's anybody would be there. All these many famous stars. It was the ultimate. In fact, it was yeah. so ultimate. I, Colin Peterson, and I shared a, a one of the bungalows. Incredible bungler. I mean, you can live in it as a house. It was unbelievable. And he, Colin, ordered cracked crab on ice for breakfast. (laughs) And it, it came in this huge big glass bowl full of ice with all this crab in it. I mean, that just... It just blew blew me away. I mean, I've <laughs> never seen. I mean, it was really incredible. The first time that we went to New York and it, it the Ed Sullivan show, it was really it altered my life. My life changed. My, my well, my life changed the day I walked into IBC. Uh, previously, yeah. I was working for the Simpco Motor Company i didn't even have a guitar i had to borrow a guitar of harry Vander so kindly lent me his gibson and to do the to do the session because i'd sold everything to go to england and i thought when i get to england i'll figure out what to do you know but i got to get to england and because uh, that's where all the music that i was really digging uh was coming from but uh you know i didn't have anything so the day i walked into ibc studios and recorded new york mining disaster i didn't actually become a, a fully-fledged member of the BGs until a month later. But I, I mean, I, I really changed my life. I, I left the Simca Motors, obviously. I moved to Chelsea. My wife and I moved to Chelsea. And I walked into a music shop and I'll have, have that guitar, I'll have that amplifier, and you better uh, give me that guitar over there and send the bill to uh, RSO. So... and walked into clothes shops i'll have those I'll have, that, I'll have that i'll have that i'll have that send the bill to rso you know so my life completely changed and then when we went to new york it changed even further it showed me things that i'd only seen on on news programs you know yeah so wow. it was pretty mind-blowing i think
2: well uh, vince uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh, good luck with the the tall poppy syndrome i going to Play the uh, the come some Christmas Eve um, or or Halloween uh, Christmas version. We thank you, and we look we look forward to hearing all these new songs that you're working on uh, in 2022.
5: Mate, thanks very much for uh, for giving me a call and asking me to to, to wrap on about whatever I did, and I <laughs> appreciate it. <Thank laughs> no, you no, no, good we've, luck to you both.
2: We've enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It's been a yeah. nice, uh, nice, uh, nice, nice blast from the past and a look into the future.
5: Thanks, mate. That's great. Good luck. Have a Merry Christmas, Vince, and I wish you well to you and all your family. Thanks, mate. Good on you.
1: Christmas Eve, hallowed
2: It's tall poppy syndrome. Is the name of the group, and the song is called "Come Some Christmas." That's the uh, that's the holiday mix version of it that they've done for Christmas. Come some Christmas, Christmas. yes. Okay, come some Christmas Eve. Come some Christmas. Come some Christmas Eve. Don't. I'm not. I'm just making sure I got it pronounced right. Yes, no, you did. Come some Christmas Eve. Come some Christmas Eve. Eve. Not 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 come some Christmas Eve. Come some that No, no. Some not come Christmas. Eve. Some come Christmas. I'm Eve. not talking about even a blow up Santa. Um, right. We're not discussing <laughs> that. The things that things that people miss out on because we didn't do a Zoom presentation of this. No. Unbelievable. Now we've got more party guests uh, arriving, uh, Brian. So we uh, one of those will be on the phone. So we better get on the phone and uh, get on the blowing out to our, a our good mate angry. Beauty. Hello. Hello, Angry Hello. Andersons. Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Lane.
1: Oh, uh, really? <laughs> 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 Sounds like <laughs> a lineup. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you should see the zoom screen I can see right now. It looks like a lineup too. Just quietly, <laughs> it would have to, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, and Brian's taking time out from a funeral just to sit in his brother's uh, front seat of his brother's car on a on a phone app, and and he's looking a bit. Uh, I have to say, ordinary. Yeah.
1: Um,
8: Yes, well, he probably knowing him, he probably started to wake a little earlier, <laughs> yeah, just to get a running start. Because <laughs> us, oh, us little blokes, we do we do that because you know we don't want to be outrun by the long legged lot, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking about being pulled over, I just pulled over Gunda guy on me on my way home from sunny Melbourne into uh, well, I don't know what to expect when I get home, but
2: um. There you go. Now, you've been in Melbourne recording with Tim Henwood.
8: I, uh, what, what are you work for Chelster or Apple or who? Has <laughs> been tracking me whereabouts? Yes, I have, as a matter of fact. But the main reason was I went down to uh, catch up with mum before Christmas. not that she knows me anymore. We've uh, sadly lost uh, mum to, um, to dementia. But um, no. that was years ago, so, you know, it, it's not its not like a new thing. We're used to it. But I just wanted to catch up with her before the new year. And this is the last chance. And as would have it, um, yeah, they said, well, you might as well come down to Geelong. And um as you can hear, I'm in a truck stop. <laughs> um come down to come down to uh, Barmy Jalom and um and record a couple of tracks with uh, my new band which of course is they're not new um they've been around for yonks they're called Palace of the King but they have very um generously decided well I said um I'm looking for a band um you guys look ready made and and right up my alley musically yeah so yeah, the fellas uh, yeah. at the Key now have a an alter ego, if you like, or another identity, which is the AA band, which, folks, know doesn't stand for Alcoholics Anonymous. It stands for Angry Anderson.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Now, Angry, we wanted to ask you what you're doing for Christmas. Uh, it is our that's, Christmas That's absolutely show? none of your business, <laughs> uh,
8: actually. Um, He's doing uh, nothing. <laughs> uh, hey? Tell him nothing. Take them nowhere Treat them like You know um, no, I'll be at home With the kids um, As per usual um, You know I was Caught up In a family That always spent Family together At Christmas And um, There's only been A couple of occasions Where in, in all those years For one reason Or another And it's usually Because it's not Physically possible uh, But yeah I, I get together with, with
2: family With the kids Are there any Anderson traditions, anything that's a, you know, a a must-do at Christmas time?
8: Uh, No, not really. Um, You know, we're we're very traditional. We're very, um, um, uh, when I say family-orientated, I mean most people are, gratefully. Uh, You know, there was, uh, when I was younger, there was a, a, a very, very strong religious observance because... Mum uh, was um, a practicing Roman Catholic in those days, and and a, and a very Christian woman, more Christian than actually. Um, and this will probably put few noses out of joint. Um, more Christianic or Christian in her practice of her religion um, than possibly a strict Roman Catholic. But she was very strict about her adherence. So there was um. It was a really, really nice – so we've kept that alive. I mean, it's not so much um, the same uh, vibe as mum uh, left with me, but with my kids, um, you know, I've sort of brought them up to acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, one of the things about Christmas is is it brings people together. They share a a common uh, bond, as in uh, they would like peace and brotherhood and sisterhood these days is going to be politically correct. We don't gotta, you know. So, um, anyway, long story short, yeah, we, we have a um, a very strong, uh, but, but I mean, in recent years, um, it's become even if, if more important to us, of course.
9: Yeah. Hey, angry, do Brian and Swanny know your story that you've told me about Chrissy Amphlett?
8: Uh I think so. Yes. Um, I'm saying nothing. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't I haven't had an awful lot of oh. secrets from either of those rascals. <laughs> I've, I've spent more time in Swaney's company, so he's probably heard more stories.
10: Yeah, I spent a lot of time in Chrissy's company too. That was um, <laughs> that was. Yeah, more.
8: well, half your luck. I tried real hard, and she wouldn't have a bar borrow me.
2: <laughs> well, she wouldn't have a bar borrow me, but I still tried.
8: Smart <laughs> woman. <laughs> really,
1: really good
2: her. but. And angry while we got you, twenty twenty two. Obviously, uh, going to be doing some stuff with uh, with the new band with Palace of the of the Kings with Tim and the boys. Uh, what else is planned? Uh, tats on the road. Oh, absolutely! Yes, 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 yes. Um, we um, well,
8: the Americans still reckon they can pull it off. So we, we said, we'll we will set the time um, apart to be available. Um, uh, Europe, they they're pretty confident, so we've we've still kept that time apart. But yeah, the Tats are back on the road, and um, yeah, I, I think um, I think one of the things that's going to happen is that there's um, apart from the fact that Demarco's back, the, uh, there's going to be a, a, a broader reach. I think with the Tats because um, we found, I mean, like, gratefully, we have found that in recent years is a, a, a lot younger. Like we did Frankies the other night. And 50, 60, maybe even more percent of the um, the audience <laughs> looked like they weren't even alive when the band was first born. So yeah, right. I think that I think there's that. And and musically, I mean, we're obviously in our last year, so we we're we're going to strive really, really hard to record an album in the next year or two. You know, you know, you don't know want a bunch of old like staggering around the stage. You know, it's like that's
2: not yeah, a good I guess
8: look. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works it works it works for the Stones, you know, but. Yeah, but so uh, yeah no, i mean there's um'm uh, I'm, I'm really excited i think the um the first break we've got is september into october and that's when the aa band will actually do um, a national tour
10: with my band because tim reckons he was going to join my band <laughs> oh i was going to be part yeah, of his, well. or both
8: well you yeah, know it's, it's the luck of the draw mate I, what can i tell you you know it's uh, best said, uh, in first got in got best dressed, with- or whatever they say
2: Hey, Angry, we'll let you uh, jump, uh, continue your journey back home from Gundagai uh, to Thank Sydney. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it.
8: All right, no wackers, uh, Brothers and sisters, have a great Christmas. If you want a tip, uh, be good to your mother while you still have her or your dad, your brothers and sisters and your sons and daughters. Like, And, and make Christmas what Christmas is, is all about. We don't have to lean on the religious thing, but, you know, Keep
1: the
2: Christ in Christmas. Yeah. Thanks, Angry. Have a good Christmas,
10: Angry. Thank you, brothers. Thank you.
9: Have a good time. There. Now, we've lost Mannix, I think. Oh. Wasn't Tim Henwood playing with Brian
2: and the hemorrhoids? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the hemorrhoids. <laughs> they're only called the hemorrhoids when Brian plays with them. <laughs> yes, the android <laughs> Yeah, he was supposed to do a gig with them on Saturday. <coughs> Uh, but uh, oh, there you
10: are. Oh, he's back again.
2: Here we <laughs> go. My oh. phone. What happened, Brian? Hey, Brian. My phone over. Um, yes, we got some
9: mail here for you at Mercott's. Do you want me to open it? Come yeah, on. right.
10: Where's it from?
9: Um, <laughs> Gary Morris Management cease and desist. Spy versus spy. <laughs> <laughs> Something. You... <laughs> You
0: know what that's about?
2: Oh, do we? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> do Jeez, we, you yeah, gave yeah,
0: not my favourite band's the spy verse. <laughs> <laughs> Angry still there?
2: No, angry's no, gone. gone. We let him go, mate, because he's in Gundagai on his way back ah, home to Sydney. Nah. What did you want to ask him?
0: I wanted to know if you'd heard James Rayne's acoustic version of Bad Boy for Love. Thank Christ, oh.
2: he's gone. Yeah.
0: And uh, have, you, have you heard it, Swanee? Or have you heard yeah, it? Yeah, I've Mark? heard it. No, I
9: haven't actually. Hey, does anybody know whatever happened to John Dalymore?
10: Yes, he's teaching at JMC in Melbourne. Yes, right Bank Street, South Melbourne. I, I was teaching down there when I was there. He gets the kids at the at that place, right. and he says to them, "Okay, because you know what kids are like—they're real smart asses—and they're they get around, they're trying to impress the girls that's going for to be musicians. The girls don't want to know about them, you know." And uh, I'm sitting there, and this guy walks past and he goes, Oh, no, 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 old bastard of a teacher, you know. <laughs> so Dallymore heard it and he went up the stairs and uh, he said, This is your teacher. And so I pulled one of them out and I said, Okay, let's run through this scale, you know. Da, 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 da. And he said, Oh, no, that's a third year skill. I said, Not anymore, son. It's the first year scale. <laughs> so I, I worked with him
0: about two weeks ago. He plays in a band called The Screaming Eagles. Does he? And um, they do, yeah, they do a whole lot of Eagles songs. They do them really well. Yep. And then they back in the shantuzies. Yep. And um, Dallimore's guitar player, good, rather than giving him four to play the solo, I gave him 16. Said, just keep going, mate. It's great.
10: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's going really well. Looks good. Looks healthy. Do you remember? Yeah, nice The John Dallimore band with Rob Riley and all that, you know, like the – the, the original band, mate, we used to be on at the, the Bondi Live Server and they would come on and play. and I would roll up there for the sound check because you knew even at the sound check it was going to be full of chicks. Oh, yeah, didn't he used so. to always wear a Geelong footy jumper? I
9: think so, yeah. When oh, he was yeah. with John English, I reckon he used yeah. to wear I,
10: Geelong footy jumper. I think that's with John English because he wouldn't have wore it anywhere else. He wouldn't have got away with it. He wouldn't have got in the door at the Live Server. So, what do you do for Christmas, Swanee? I uh, sit at home. I go and play to the homeless, then I do some disabled kids. Yep. That don't, that they ha- They don't really have uh, – up here it's really hard because it's a small town and I can't get in the way – I can just make a phone call to any hospital in Australia except to Coast Harbours and go in and play to the Burns Ward, palliative Care, whatever it is. That's where I get my jollies now, you know, because we're past the stage of earning money, <laughs> <laughs> um we're still releasing records and doing doing good gigs, but that, that money thing's gone. And for me, that's been a really good thing because I'm really happier now than I've ever been in my life, and I've got an old guitar and an old Mercedes, you know? Yeah. And plus I'm shaving my dad every day when I look in the mirror. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any uh, swan uh, family traditions for Christmas Swanny?
10: Well, I don't give them monkeys anymore because if there's no trifle, I'm not turning them up. Fair enough. You know, I have a very quiet one. I do it with uh, Virginia, my wife, and um, I do it with her sister. We have for many years since her mum passed away and my mum and dad passed away. Um, we used to have all like about thirty or forty people in the family roll up for Christmas, but you know, I don't remember past 8 o'clock Christmas morning because I was so hungover and then starting again on the next hangover. You yeah. Know, or taking something to make
2: me feel much happier that day. <laughs> Mark Lane, what are you doing for Christmas? What's the, what's the Lane family tradition?
9: It's just as you get older, I think, one, I appreciate um, what my mum used to do at Christmas more and more as I get older. But, like, when your kids grow up and, you know, they've got partners and things like that, we find now that we have to have Christmas, you know, like Christmas Eve or Boxing Day or whatever because everybody's so busy. They're trying to see that family and this family and all that sort of thing. So, you know, Christmas Day traditionally is going to see sort of your older family members and taking it easy. It's more it's busier at Christmas Eve and boxing Day catching up with kids and then all of a sudden you've got grandkids and in-laws and things like that so it's you know, it's a hectic time of year.
2: yeah, yeah. Brian, and I want to thank you for your great support for us during the year mate uh, Murcotts has been uh, part of this show yeah. from day one and you've been part of that and we, we really do appreciate uh, the support you've given us to, to help us do this show. We've had a really good year. We've really enjoyed it. We've got a couple of absolute bloody rippers coming up to start next year, off. I can tell you.
9: Yeah. No, it's been fantastic. I I reckon one of the highlights this year has been the life of Mark Opitz.
2: Yeah, it was good.
9: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just finished watching like eight hours of The Beatles Get Back, and I thought, no, the the episodes that you guys did with Mark Opitz makes Get Back look like it's a short story.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and um, uh, Chuggy in there was uh, was interesting during (laughs) the year as well. Fantastic. Yeah, so that was good. It's good, (laughs) and And it was
9: great to hear you last last episode, Swanee. Really great. Yeah, thank you.
2: No, it's been, uh, it's been, we've yeah. had a good year. We, we, uh, we can say Elvis Costello and Danny Bonaducci are two that we got ready to yeah. go for the start of uh, 2022.
10: <laughs> I want to spar Danny, Ben, Danny
2: Bonaducci. <laughs> 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 Finish it live. <laughs> yeah, well, we should. We should have. We'll organise that. I hey, uh, Maddox, we'll let you get out of the windswept uh, areas that you are, and I'll talk to you in the studio. Um, Mark, thanks, mate. Once again, thanks so no, much right. for your, your support and your time. Thank we really appreciate you, it. Merry thanks, Swanny. to everybody. Have a great Christmas, guys. Ciao. See you guys. All right, that's, uh, that's it. That's 2021 wrapped up in a nice little parcel put underneath the tree, and there it is, Brian. We're done.
0: Okay, well. There you go. And, well, I've yeah, still got a broken nose. Still feeling miserable. Hasn't
2: healed. <laughs> this no. show, I thought the show went for long enough that it may have healed in the time. Because, no, I think it's swollen uh, up even more. Oh boy! Uh, our thanks uh, to to all our guests during the year, and uh, I'll yeah. you, I will tell you, I actually wrote them down. We we started the year with uh, with Johnny Rotten, John Lydon, and yep. we you know we finished the year with Vince Maloney. But in between all that, we had you know Alice Cooper and Mickey Dolenz and Kim Wilde and uh, Gary Newman and Michael Chug. And, yeah, and, I forgot uh, about Gary. Premium. Yeah, Robin Zander and Rocky Burnett. Shaken yeah. uh, Stevens. Yeah, uh, Joe Camilleri, um, yeah. Uh, the Bull Sisters, um, yeah. Caddy, uh, Richard Clapton, Andrew Farris, wow. Susie Quattro. Susie um,
0: Q, I forgot about Susie. Leo uh, joined Leo us. Leo great. Miss Helena. <laughs> Miss Helena. <laughs> she was on with Johnny Rotten, wasn't yeah, she? She was. Yeah, that was a
2: good one. She was. Johnny so.
0: Rotten and Miss Helena,
2: yep. great. Uh, Alice Cooper and Jamie Redford that was a good one too <laughs> yeah. uh, So thanks to you know Stephen Kilby everyone who's been on the show this year thanks so much we really appreciate it. we've got some really good shows lined up for uh, for 2022 yeah. already um, Elvis Costello Woo-hoo! we're going to talk to him about his new album and Danny Bonaducci is going to join yeah. us from Seattle so looking forward D- to, to those and Jack Archery Jones show. and uh, oh, look. We've got some good ones coming up. And I do want to i do want to make a special thanks to Chris Gates, who's the bloke who does all our cutting and pasting of all our interviews and putting them all together and, uh, uh, you know, tweaking them up because we have, uh, as you will have heard with Vince Maloney, there's sound issues with some of these platforms that we record on that we can't do much about, but uh, we do our best to tweak them up. And Gatesy's our, our production whiz who does all that stuff. So good on you, Gatesy. Special Merry thanks Christmas, to Gatesy. mate. Hey, thank you, Mr Maddox. Thank you. It's been fun.
0: It has been fun, and um, I've I'm sure enjoyed we'll have it. More fun next
2: year. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, yeah. Well, you know, okay, well, we're going to finish that's... with one of our guests from this year, who I hadn't mentioned so far, and a song of his. What's that, Buddy Good? Oh, <laughs> great! <laughs> because, because I think Buddy encapsulates the the feeling that you and I and everyone has about Christmas in a, a little song called Jesus. And because <sighs> because Christmas is all about Jesus. Slight different spelling than what you may think I'm saying here. Uh, So uh, we'll we'll leave you with that. Uh, Say thanks to everyone who's been on the show uh, today and uh, and through the year. Look forward to 2022. Look after yourself, Mannix. Get that nose fixed.
0: Yeah, I'll go to the doctor tomorrow. I've got to work today, but anyway, yeah, I can barely see. But okay, you'll be. I'll get it fixed. You'll be be right. See
2: you in 2022, Brian. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. Have a good one.
7: My daddy was a cheesemaker, the best in the game. Mummer fell for him the first time she tasted his blue vein. At Christmas, we got presents, but the best one of them all. He'd bring home a sampler box with cheese from wall to wall. We got Brie, we got Cheddar. Big chunks of limber and maybe some fetter. I guess the lesson he'd always teach us was Christmas is all about Jesus. Every year on Christmas Eve, he'd take us to Mass. The priest talked about Jesus. I guess he tasted dads. We sang songs about it, prayed about it, down on our knees. So when they served the wine and wafers, I really thought they'd give us cheese, maybe Swiss, or maybe some Gouda, a little bit of tasty, tasty. oh mozzarella. I thought the lesson they try to teach us was Christmas is all about Jesus. When we get home from church, Grandma would tuck us in to bed. Tell us stories about the baby cheeses, the ones wrapped in red. Mom and Dad be in the bedroom all oh, night, keep us awake. Cause he pull out the blue vein, just for old time's sake. We got bread, yeah we got cheddar, big chunks of limber, and maybe some fetter. It's in the Bible, ask all the preachers, Christmas is all about Jesus, Mm -mm. Christmas is all about Jesus, it's all about Jesus.